Hello everyone. This is the Written Spoken Podcast. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. The podcast is a curated audio version of the blogs Word, Breed, and Fitly Spoken. It also provides other content intended to encourage, refresh, and or challenge you to focus on the word, the one who spoke this world into existence and became flesh to redeem us. If you have listened before, welcome back. I am your host, Esther Wright. Thank you for joining me for the second episode of Season 7. Our focus in Season 7 is the generosity of God. And I'm using two questions to help frame our reflection on the generosity of God. These questions are, What do you have that you have not been given? And, What are you doing with the gift? The first question directs us to the truth that God is the source of everything we have. The second question invites us to reflect on how we are using the gifts God so generously provides. In the previous episode, we reflected on our breath as a gift from God. We were encouraged to consider if we are using our breath to praise God or complain, and were reminded that it is our choice whether to praise God or to complain. In today's episode, we are focusing on God's gift of grace. God's grace. There is not a person on earth who has not been the recipient of God's grace. But what is God's grace? Many books and songs have been written about the grace of God. Among the latter, the hymn Amazing Grace, written by John Newton, a clergyman who was once a slave trader is one of the best known hymns in the USA. Amazing Grace. Another song about God's grace that is a favorite of mine is Israel Hutton's If Not For Your Grace. A link to a playlist of Christian songs about grace will be included in today's episode's notes. What is God's grace? I will admit that I felt overwhelmed at the prospect of attempting to address this monumental topic in a podcast episode of less than 20 minutes. 
Perhaps that is an appropriate response whenever we think of God's grace and try to describe it. I found help in this undertaking in a response to a podcast listener by John Piper, founder and teacher of DesiringGod.org and chancellor of Bethlehem College and Seminary. I will use excerpts from his response and from the article, What is Grace? Understanding Christian Meaning by priest, author, and professor, Dr. Justin S. Holcomb, to aid us in our reflection on the grace of God. John Piper describes grace in two ways. One, as undeserved favor, and two, as power for living. First, grace as undeserved favor. He references Romans 3:24, Romans 5:15, and Romans 11:5 and 6 to highlight this quality of God's grace and notes several truths based on these scripture verses. I will quote them here. Grace is what inclines God to give gifts that are free and undeserved by sinners. None of us would be saved if grace were not undeserved favor and were not a quality in the mind of God, in the heart of God, in the nature of God. End of quote. This fruit bears repeating. None of us would be saved if grace were not undeserved favor and were not a quality in the mind of God, in the heart of God, in the nature of God. Dr. Holcomb notes, and I quote, Grace is the opposite of karma, which is all about getting what you deserve, Grace is getting what you don't deserve and not getting what you do deserve. Christianity teaches that what we deserve is death with no hope of resurrection. While everyone desperately needs it, grace is not about us. Grace is fundamentally a word about God, His uncoerced initiative and pervasive, extravagant demonstrations of care and favor. Michael Horton writes, In grace, God gives nothing less than Himself. Grace, then, is not a third thing or substance mediating between God and sinners, but is Jesus Christ in redeeming action. End of quote. Some of the many scripture verses that reiterate this truth include Ephesians 2, 6 through 9. I will share the NIV's translation of these verses. And God raised us up with Christ 
and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I will also share the NIV's translation of 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This phrase from 2 Timothy 1.9 is a great segue to the second truth about God's grace highlighted by John Piper. That is, grace as power for living. John Piper notes that this undeserved favor of God, and I quote, overflows in powerful, practical, helpfulness from God in your daily life where you most need it. That help is also called grace because it's free and it's undeserved, end of quote. Holcomb reminds us that as Christians, we live every day by the grace of God. The forgiveness we receive is according to the riches of God's grace, and His grace drives our sanctification. He references the truth stated by the Apostle Paul in Titus 2.11, that The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. He provides encouragement with the additional reminder that spiritual growth is not an overnight phenomenon. As stated in 2 Peter 2.18, we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace transforms our desires, motivations, 
and behavior, end of quote. Holcomb also identifies grace as the basis for various aspects of our lives. These include our Christian identity, 1 Corinthians 1.10, our standing before God, Romans 5.2, our behavior, 2 Corinthians 2.12, our living, 1 Peter 1.7, our holiness, 2 Timothy 2.9, our strength for living, 2 Timothy 2.1 and Hebrews 13.9, our way of speaking, Colossians 4.6, our serving, 1 Peter 1.10, our sufficiency, 2 Corinthians 2.9 and 2 Corinthians 2.8. Our response to difficulty and suffering, Hebrews 4.16 and 1 Peter 1.10. Our future, 1 Peter 1.13. Our hope beyond death, Romans 5.21. Amazing grace. After a short break, we will reflect on the question, what are you doing with the grace of God? Thank you for returning for the closing portion of today's episode. Before the break, we reflected on the question, what is the grace of God? We will wrap up our time together by reflecting on the question, what are we doing with the grace of God? Appreciation for a gift is demonstrated not only through verbal expressions of heartfelt thanks, but also by how the gift is utilized. So, how are we utilizing this indescribable gift of grace from our generous God? How would you feel if you offered me a gift that you chose with love and knowledge of a need or want that I have and I insist on paying you for the gift. Although we are told that we do not deserve the grace of God, are unable to pay for or repay it and cannot earn it, yet we find ourselves working to earn God's grace, His unmerited favor. We find ourselves striving to become worthy of His love. What do we do with the grace of God? Let us accept it and say, thank you, God, and live grace-filled lives. 2 Timothy 2, 1 
The Amplified Version reads, So you, my son, be strong, constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3.18 The NIV reads, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. What are we doing with the grace of God? What are we to do with the grace of God? In addition to accepting His grace with gratitude, we are to be grace-filled individuals who show grace to others. What are the characteristics of grace-filled people? In the version devotional, The Grace of God, grace-filled people are described as people who are softer and more forgiving when people's messy lives impact theirs, do not look down on others who are struggling, walk alongside those who are wounded, are patient and don't give up on others, are quick to forgive and reject bitterness, recognize that their sins are just as bad as the person next to them. Also noted in that devotional is this truth. Becoming people who are full of grace is a choice we make, not something we feel our way into. I challenge each of us to grow in our knowledge of the God of grace and his grace, to evaluate how we are responding to the grace of God and ask our Heavenly Father to help us be grace-filled children. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The next episode will air in two weeks. I hope you will join me again. Also, Please consider sharing this episode, subscribing, rating, and commenting on any platform where you listen to your podcasts. As we engage in the ordinary and extraordinary moments of life, may we speak the truth in love. May our words be seasoned with grace. And may we remember, as stated in 2 Corinthians 2.8, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work.